Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Man there trying to stop Joe from getting himself into further trouble. That's not a bad ball for Pelle on the right side. It's Carlos Alberto. And what a great goal that was. Carlos Alberto. Maradona just walked away from Hoddleton. Maldonado. Hoddleton. Our first guest on the podcast today is going to be discussing Croatia. Zyko, would you like to give a little bit of an introduction about where you're from? Or, or... Yeah, yeah. I, I currently live in Copenhagen. I, w- I was studying here, but I'm originally from Umag, Croatia, which is a beautiful city west of Croatia, really close to Italy. A ni- nice beaches, nice sea, uh, nice people. Just visit if you haven't. Yeah. yeah. Sounds lovely. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So I, I guess like the first thing I have to ask is where were you for the World Cup final in 2018? Were you back in Croatia or what was? So I was here and when we won the semi-final, I bought a ticket for next day. I paid a lot for it. I, I flew back <laughs> home to watch the game and then we lost. And uh, yeah, but it was it was a beautiful experience. It was very nice, a very good year for us. What was the like? What was after after the final loss? Was it more of a kind of like pride about like getting so far, or was it still like absolute heartbreak that it was? Well, we were at least the group a group of my friends. We were kind of disappointed, but after half an hour, we just started celebrating because uh, everyone was disappointed for half an hour, and then the 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 town where we live just got full of people, full of cars. Uh, we had flares, we had flags, so we were just super proud of the achievement, and it was uh, it was a great feeling. We lost the final, but we, we, yeah, we got a second place, which is also great. Yeah, it was amazing. Look, before the tournament, did anybody kind of in Croatia feel that like it was possible that they could go so far or what was? Yeah, we had a great European uh, championship 2016. We lost against Portugal in uh, the overtime. Like we hit the post and then they had a break and they just scored. And it was a huge disappointment also for uh, for a lot of players but then we we kind of had a feeling we we're going to do something big in 2018 
like a lot of people. Since the World Cup, like the results for the national team have been a bit like uneven, not so consistent. What what has kind of that been down to? Well, uh, I was kind of expected a couple of players retired, and uh, I guess the style of game changed. So we lost Mandzukic and we lost uh, the goalkeeper Subasic. But we brought some some new people and some new players to the team. We have a lot of young guys this year, and I honestly. I don't think we're going to do that good this year, but I hope we're going to do good. But uh, I, I don't expect anything big this year, unfortunately, but I'm still going to watch and kind of be optimistic about it. What's your prediction for the clash with England? Um, do you think you're going to... Uh, we, 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 we're going to destroy the whole game. Ah, <laughs> no, that, no question That's about the spirit. Yeah. No question about it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, we, had a, we have kind of rivalry with England. Uh, I remember when we beat them at uh, in England. Uh, it was three-two for us in the end when Russia qualified instead of England. It was it was a beautiful feeling. Like no offense to English people. Yeah, yeah. It's no, it's it was a big one. A, bit of a bogey team for yeah, England, yeah, kind of. the, uh, Croatia. Yes, but if but they beat us so many times as well. So it's yeah. for people who are like not Croatian. Is there any kind of young player that people may not have heard of so much who might be a bit of a surprise? For people to watch out maybe, for, maybe maybe uh, Brekalo and also Orsic. Mm-hmm. Orsic plays in Dinamo Zagreb in Croatia, and Brekalo plays in Wolfsburg. They're pretty good. Also, yeah, maybe yeah, Borna Barisic. He plays in Glasgow Rangers. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys heard about him, yeah. but yeah, I would say those three are like pretty good. Also, Livakovic, the goalkeeper. Yeah, mm-hmm. who's the one that you would pick to have a have a beer with? Uh, I mean, it might seem like an obvious answer, but it will be or Eduardo da Silva or Luka Modric, because their stories of uh, kind of how they how they like overcame yeah. Yeah. their childhood. It was really hard, and then they just achieved so much success in football, in sports, and in their lives. So I would love to hear the stories from them directly. It would be amazing. Yeah, Eduardo da Silva would be a brilliant one, I guess, coming yeah. from Brazil, coming to play for yeah, the Croatian exactly. national team, He's- and then. Also, that awful leg break injury and coming back from that. If that if that didn't happen, I think he would be like one of the greatest players at that time in Europe, probably. But unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I remember watching like his first season at Arsenal. Like, it was just like a such a natural finisher. Exactly. Just like just yeah. the just the perfect finisher. Okay, so f- final final prediction for Croatia. What are you saying for this for this tournament? Uh, I'll say uh, realistically quarterfinals, but. Uh, optimistically final and winning the whole thing oh that's the spirit (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna have 24 people on and 24 predictions for 20 (laughs) that's what you want right yeah (laughs) yeah is there is there a place in copenhagen that sort of croatian people gather to watch the games or are you just gonna be like Uh, usually we meet at someone's place or uh, we just go to a bar yeah nothing special yeah Sometimes, All right. Yeah. No. Sometimes I have this thing when the national team plays that I'm too excited that I can't even mingle with that many people, and I'll just you know sit home with a couple of friends and then yeah. everyone's very quiet and excited and just. And you can do whatever you want. No one will judge you when you break something. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the fun like when when you watch like an international tournament like it's fun to watch with like your friends or people you wouldn't normally that interested in football but then you're like. You get self-conscious about how into it you are. Like, yeah, like I yeah. don't want to be... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. be ruining this for, for everyone. But but who is who is your Croatian? What Cro- Croatian team do you support? Hajduk's pleasure. 
Ah, okay, split. Okay. Yes. So, okay, cool. So, do you have any any final questions for Croatia, Leon? Uh, no final questions, but best of luck and enjoy the tournament. Thank yeah, and hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, are you ever getting dressed for it? And let's we'll definitely let's. Uh, I mean, if if there's some interesting story with Croatia going far or something, you know, let's 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 chat again. Sure, sure. Good That's luck fine. with the podcast, guys. It's it's awesome idea. Um, to get things started, maybe Ross, you can just tell me a bit about where where in England you're from. Maybe what club team you support, that kind of thing. Well, I come from Ipswich, uh, so for my sins, I'm an Ipswich Town fan. Um, but I've lived in uh, London for the last oh, 15 or so years before coming to Copenhagen last May. Right, it's like bang in the middle of coronavirus. So yeah, it's Ipswich Town for me. I've got a soft spot for a few other clubs uh, for various reasons. Newcastle United because of Bobby Robson. Um, mm-hmm. Arsenal because I lived near the ground, Tottenham because yeah, yeah. my wife's from there, and oh yeah, that causes all sorts of chaos. <laughs> um, yeah, it does. But those are so yeah. So that's me. Um, A man with fingers and many pies. Yeah, yeah. Just, keep it. Direct. <laughs> <laughs> and what about in, in, in Denmark? Have you managed to work out what Danish team is going to be yours? Yeah, I'm going to support B93, my friend. Oh, nice. How because, how come? That's well, a good. <laughs> underground choice yeah uh, i live nearby um and i like to support the underdog and you've got to support a team that's that's got the most extravagant name in the world ever b93 it's brilliant isn't it (laughs) we we did um on our podcast we did like a deep dive with our danish uh football coach here like why are all the football clubs there's so many football clubs which is like with years right there's b1903 there's b 1911 and stuff like this and yeah like this, these clubs with all just like football club and then the year you know get to the point yeah it's very uh, <laughs> it's very prosaic i, I like it um nothing <laughs> no lucas i think we have the same in germany but then it's just like the amateur leagues where these teams kind of still are around and then the higher you go the more professional the names become somehow so yeah that's uh it's true isn't it i mean is it schalke 04 yeah. yeah um yeah so yeah, they, they do do it elsewhere. Uh, yeah, nothing like kind of a crew Alexandra or B ninety three, my friend. I love it. What what division are B ninety three in? Are they like um, they're like two one, right? Like the third division. Yeah, they're like the third division. Yeah, they uh, they're not doing terribly brilliantly, but they're a very. I mean, it's like a very family sort of club. They have a massive training. Uh, program for locals we live in Istanbul so it's uh, we got a tennis there and football there with my kids and it's just a yeah really really big fan of theirs and come on you boys whatever they're called <laughs> come on you be yeah come on you so awesome. <laughs> I have no idea if they've got a nickname <laughs> yeah and it's brilliant because their ground I think their ground is right next to the Copenhagen stadium so they've got this massive wall with yeah. this huge ground right next to it and then there's this little ground that, that's the b93 one which just pales into <laughs> insignificance it's uh, it's quite funny actually mm-hmm. all right so i much i'd love to do a full podcast on <laughs> next we've next one, talk, next one. <laughs> we've, got to, <laughs> we're yeah, like, we've got to talk about england <laughs> yeah when we're in the champions league <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> ross what what would be like if you were to pinpoint like maybe a game or a moment was a highlight for you watching the England team? Do you, can you think of like a tournament or something that's... Yeah, I'm going to 
showing my age here, but it's got to be the 5-1 oh. victory. Sorry, Leon, about this, but the 5-1 victory over <laughs> Germany in uh, 2001. Yeah, no, it's not don't, don't remember. On German soil. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's a, a good one to forget, I guess, if you're German. But it, it was a cracking game. It was a very, very good quality German side. Uh, and... I was sitting with a bunch of Irish folk actually in a pub in Nice uh, watching it. They decided to support England for some reason. And we just got absolutely hammered watching this game uh, as the goals flowed in. So that one, I think, sticks out absolutely most of all. But there's also 4-1 four, four against the Dutch in 96, Euro 96. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It was Sheringham scoring twice, Shearer scoring twice. Uh, again, a again a quality opposition in the dutch and uh, they just got taken apart and it was a really beautiful thing to watch if only we could play like that all the time <laughs> yeah have you been to any uh, many england games or i've been to a small handful uh, it's hard to get tickets um you know you, you've got to <laughs> you've got to have deep pockets to get to uh, yeah. most of the games so i haven't been to all that many no but i've supported ipswich town home and away um oh, so right. i've been to a lot of the great grounds all over the uh, the uh, all over England and um, one or two overseas into Milan we played and Helsingborg we played in the UEFA oh. Cup, um, but no, not that many England games. Yeah, so England have Scotland in their group again. Mm. Same like uh, with them looking for revenge from Euro '96. Is that a game that you're really particularly looking forward to? You've got to be um, you've got to be interested in uh, games against local teams yeah. uh, for me it's always been a friendly rivalry because um, my half my family is scottish okay. so uh, i've had this kind of a, you know good bit of banter uh, and obviously most of the time england come out on top but you just never know and the scots want more than anything to put one over england and who can blame them um so yeah i'm very excited to to see what happens in that game um i do think england will have too much for them but you never know if the Scots turn up and uh, England have a bad day, then they really could get that revenge. And, um, uh, you know, I hope they don't, but half <laughs> of my family would be very pleased if they do. <laughs> what would be worse if you wouldn't make it past the group stage or if you would lose to the Scots but still make it? <laughs> oh. Oh, dear me. <laughs> that's, um, that's a bad... That's a good... Uh, really, I don't know. It would be... <laughs> they're both disastrous aren't they um i guess yeah yeah i guess Rock if we won the other place. two games and we made it through then we would graciously not graciously lose to the scots i yeah. think that would be uh making it through to the next round has got to be whatever happens yeah. that the most important thing uh losing to the scots yeah we're just going to have to suck that up if it happens and uh, admit the better team won on the day through gritted teeth how optimistic are you about England's chances uh, after going to the semi-finals in the in the last tournament in the World Cup in 2018? Do you think Southgate can take them further because you know they've got quite a young, very exciting squad? Or what is the well, kind of feeling you've got? I feel like I've been saying for years that England should be getting rid of old dead wood and bringing in young players. I feel like I've been saying it since uh, again. I'm showing my age here since even the 80s. Um, and now they have done so. I'm actually, for the first time in ages, a little bit more confident than usual. I do. Yeah. I've got these exciting players like Sacco from Arsenal, um, obviously players like Trent Alexander-Arnold. Um, all these young, this young crop of, of players really have got something to prove. And they've got the energy. 
Um, they've cobbled it together with a few old heads that have been at tournaments before, you know, Maguire and Henderson, even though they're injured, let's see if, yeah. if they can get fit. And I think it's a, it, I do think that semi-finals is a realistic um, proposition. Uh, if we fall short again, usually we get knocked out in the quarterfinals, as I'm sure yeah. you know. Uh, but if we make it to the semis, that would be, that would be, um, I think, justification of what Southgate's done. And if... Yeah. If we get to the final, then great. Because that's also what he said, right? Anything less than reaching semi-finals would be a tournament failure. So, so there's definitely the target for Southgate. Yeah, it has to be. I mean, I'm sure that his paymasters will be saying, look, that's the minimum expectation this yeah. time. Um, they'll probably let him off if we get to the quarters, but not to get out of the group stage. He's going to want to do some serious thinking. Yeah. Um, about his own future, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, I don't know. I don't know all that much about the other teams. You look at the French squad and you think, oh, who's going to get past them? Yeah. Uh, Germany always turn up for tournaments. I know that they've had problems in the yeah. last year or two, but yeah. who'd bet against them? Uh, you, I looked at the Italian squad and went, goodness me, that's that's strong. Yeah, we, we were just speaking to an Italian band yeah. uh, a little earlier and he sounded pretty confident, I would say. <laughs> well, I mean, he's got every right to. You look at yeah. them and you think, so that's yeah. Been a fort Spain, of course. Who can ignore Spain? And then you're suddenly thinking semis. I guess yeah, it depends yeah. a lot on the draw. Um, whatever happens, you know, what who's playing whom in the second round and quarters and all the rest of it. But I think we can make the semis. Yeah. What would be your um, putting you on the spot, manager oh. of England, Ross? What is your solution to the to the four four right backs conundrum? Which one of them are you picking, or what are you going to do with the other three? Well, uh, it's a tough one, isn't it? Um, I've always thought that Alexander Arnold was a was a real quality player. I, mean, yeah. I just love his speed of thought in the uh, that was the um, game against Barcelona a couple of years back that uh, that set up the goals that won uh, that match. Um, so yeah, I do. I just think he's got the right the right qualities, but uh, some of them can play in other positions as well. I think he's been yeah. quite canny because. You know, some of them could flip to left back. They could even mm -hmm. play as a makeshift centre half or just yeah, in front yeah. of defence. So I don't feel like it's for only left backs that are only uh, sorry, right backs that are only in right back positions. Yeah. They they can move around. You know, these players get paid more than you and I are ever going to earn in a week. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> they should be able to play in different positions. You know, wing back. They can shove up the field yeah, yeah. a bit. I, I want to ask you ask you about maybe a less positive memory and. Mm. The last Euros, England were famously knocked out by Iceland. Yeah. In what was kind of seen as a very embarrassing loss. Can you remember watching that game? I can remember watching it. And it was absolutely awful. Um, <laughs> absolutely awful game. <laughs> and I was really, uh, at the end of the game, I was standing up and doing the thunderclap with the Iceland fans, <laughs> you know, in my bedroom. <laughs> 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 I was so, you know, it's a population. What is Iceland? 300,000 people. Yeah, 300,000. And England is uh, 40-something million. And they turned us over fair and square. And I had to, absolutely had to hand it to them. My hat was off to them. I'd rather get knocked out by a team with grits and determination like Iceland, you know, uh, than lots of the other big nations, to be honest. So, yeah, it was a bad memory. Um, and poor old Roy Hodgson, who I was a fan of, um, lost his job or resigned as a result of it, didn't he? But um, yeah, you can't lose to Iceland and, and expect to keep your job, I don't think. So let's yeah. just hope it doesn't happen again against, uh, you know, Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's also like 
in in the group you've got Croatia again which is kind of a revenge match for the World Cup in 2018 yeah it is and they again I mean we should have beaten them that that game I really thought that we had the edge on them but they just had more nous they had more canny yeah. players yeah. you know their players like um Modric who's always been an outstanding player uh, he's not getting any younger you know um and I feel that Croatia I don't know I just feel like their star has faded in the last yeah. since the last time we met you know we've met them many times they turned us over 3-2 Gosh, I can't even remember when that was. Uh, it was when Steve McLaren was still in charge. Oh, before, before Euro 2008. When yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Um, so there's there's history between the two. And if anyone's got a grudge match, then it's England who needs to have the bit between their teeth. And I do think we've got the young, burgeoning players coming through and they are starting to age a bit. And It's an interesting game, though. It's the one I'm probably just as excited about that one as I am about the Scotland game. Picture the scenario: England have uh, just won the tournament for their first major <laughs> tournament since '66. How are you? How are you celebrating? Right now? <laughs> <Your plan? laughs> well, um, as an Ipswich Town fan, uh, I haven't had a lot to celebrate <laughs> in in my life. We won the UEFA Cup in '81, but um, since then it's been very slim pickings. So I imagine that it will be going out in the town. I only know a few English people here. But so far, but I do think that we'll be getting together and uh, getting into town somewhere and 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 celebrating uh, in a nice, positive, gentle way. Not like um, England fans are famous for. <laughs> and, and I would just yeah, absolutely yeah, paint the town red. I think that's yeah, the yeah. idea. Quiet glass of wine, just to... quiet glass of... <laughs> a quiet glass of wine and a few beers. And, and if you yeah. could have any of the players joining you, maybe not that night. I mean, they just won the the championship, but like uh, one of the one of the nights later on, f to have a beer or a coffee sometime. Yeah. Uh, player past or present? Yeah. You your pick. Whom whom would it be? Past yeah. or present? Gosh. Uh, well, in the current crop, um, I, I'm a big fan of Tyrone Mings. Um, he he used to play for Ipswich. He's an Ipswich boy, yeah. um, but he's also very. Uh, I think he's a very nice person. A very lot of smart, very uh, eloquent. Exactly, smart, eloquent. He did some things for. Uh, there was a, a case a while back where a child couldn't get to the game, and he bought him a ticket, and he got his father in, and, and these kinds of things. He's been doing all his career, and I always look out for him when I'm watching Villa. Um, past or present, I think. Oh, it's a, it's a good question. But I think I probably would like to meet Stephen Gerrard. Okay. okay. And no, wait a minute. I'm gonna I'm gonna trump that with Paul Scholes. Okay. I'm gonna trump okay. that with Paul Scholes. He was a, he's the best player um, for England in in my experience. Absolutely outstanding player, and I love the way he did things. Um, yeah. He didn't have an agent, did he? He famously used to just go to Alex Ferguson and say, right, what's the deal? He'd say, this is the deal, and Skulls would go, great, see you later. Um, and I just admired his his genius on the pitch. Great player of the ball. Great in the air, not a tall player, but a fantastic player um, to watch, even in the air. Good with both feet. And yeah, I think Paul Skulls actually. All right, Ross, thanks. It's been an absolute pleasure. I would Eng wish England good luck in the tournament, but as an Irishman, I would be lying. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least we're there. <laughs> fair enough, Ross. Yeah, and and if England do win it, we will get you back on for the... For yeah, the definitely. No, definitely. <laughs> if I can string a sentence together. <laughs> point, will, uh, even if not, even if not, we don't mind. <laughs>
<laughs> all right, gentlemen. Always. All right, enjoy the rest yeah, of your evening, Ross. Thank yeah, you so thanks. much. Thanks a lot, boys. See, See you, you soon. Bye-bye. Um, and it would be lovely if you could just introduce yourself a bit um, to get us started. Where you're from, yeah? Yeah, of course. Uh, yes, I'm Alan Horsborough, and and for my sins, I am the uh, Scotland fan. Uh, talking about uh, the plights of Scotland, but it's a little bit of success. I am originally from the east coast of Scotland, a town called Kirkcaldy. The nearest significant city to it would be Edinburgh, about thirty kilometres away. And uh, I've been in Copenhagen for three and a half years. Now. And uh, we've, I've just been reading the interesting story about how you managed to witness the Serbia penalty shootout for the, the game, which qualified for Scotland. Do you want to explain a bit how you were able to uh, to see the game? Yes, I was one of uh, a few only Scots in the uh, in the city of Belgrade for that. We were, of course, when the We'd actually three times, I think, booked uh, try like when the draw first came out, the whole playoff semi-finals and final was supposed to be like three days mm-hmm. apart. So we knew if we got through, we either got to Norway or Serbia. So we had like multiple trips booked to get from one to the other, except and of course it got delayed because it cancelled because of COVID and it was delayed even more. And then finally when they played there was a complete blanket ban of anybody travelling from the UK. So, of course, and there's no fans inside the ground. But being in Copenhagen, when things were still a little bit more relaxed, it was prior to the ban here, you could still travel. So I'd had accommodation booked, etc. said to the, the other half, do you fancy a few romantic days in Belgrade? And uh, we then ended up going out for the football. So, yeah, so we basically watched the... We couldn't get into the, the ground, but during the day we went up to see the stadium, got in through an unopened door. So there's pictures of us, I think you saw yeah. in the article, actually standing in the stadium. Uh, but then in the evening, went back into Belgrade Centre, watched it in a pub. And as it got, of course, we were everything was going rosy. We were winning 1-0 with one minute to go. And Serbia equalised, typical Scotland style, equalised in the last minute. Of course, when I got the extra time, I quickly realised that this was looking more and more likely it was going to go to penalties. So, of course, we'd had a few shandies by then, let's just say. So we thought it was a good idea to jump in a taxi, go back up to the stadium, and we got there just as, by this point, of course, they'd realised to put stewards next to the doors so couldn't get in, but watched the penalty shoot out through a hole in the stadium. You were, you were so, able to, to see well enough through the door? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, could I could actually see the tiny little bit. So I couldn't see who was coming up to take the penalty because I to the right, and I could barely see the goal, but I could see by the kind of reaction whether yeah. or not we'd scored. So, um, well, yeah, it was. And then afterwards, as you saw in the article, we kind of uh, we, we sat and hung about outside the, the ground, and then we were fortunate enough that Steve Clark, the manager, actually came out, uh, and we shouted, Steve, and the minute he heard the Scottish accent, he was just delighted to uh, hear a few locals. So he came over and, and what's the best thing about the picture is that he's very, Steve Clark's known for being quite dour and not a very yeah. smiley person. And of course, and you see in the picture, we just qualified. So we get probably as big a smile as you'll ever see from Steve Clark. And then Carly, my other half, was somebody who works for the paper back in the UK, 
got in touch and said, we've seen the picture, do you mind uh, putting in the article? There was the slight balance that it was in the Scottish sun, so there was the uh, the balance between do I want to be in the sun compared to getting that out there. So <laughs> that, the, the, yeah, the, the, getting it out there. The media, <laughs> exactly. The media whore in me <laughs> out in the end. That's why I'm now on top of Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, he must have been like, what on earth are you doing here? Was he, How did you get here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, there was one or uh, two other guys who come from we saw in the pub, and they were in their full kilts and everything. And they'd flown from Scotland in the knowledge that when they got back, there was a strong chance that, oh, they had to quarantine. And there was a strong chance they could be fined. So I think they were wow. even more dedicated than us. But uh, so they were kind of hanging about as well. But luckily, they disappeared by that point. So it was us that got all the limelight with the uh, with the manager yeah. outside. <laughs> it was, uh, but it's good because without the photographic proof, I think most it would probably be the yeah I was in Serbia. Yeah, of course yeah, you were yeah, in yeah. Serbia. <laughs> we all oh, were, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course you were. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it's good that I've got the actual uh, black and white. Do you proof. have any more like uh, incredible stories from following Scotland abroad, or like what has been like the more interesting stories um, you've had? Yeah, I mean, the last few, I've been a sort of, I would class myself as a home diehard for sort of 20 years. I've missed uh, very few games at Hamden, maybe five competitive games in the last 20 years, but didn't really go to many of the away games, uh, more through like kind of my the friends, my mates that I went to were always kind of just wanted to go to the, back to Scotland, the home games, or of course when I stayed there. But the last few year, years, met a few boys who wanted to go to a few more of the slightly more exotic trips, let's just say. So in the last few years, I've been to Kazakhstan, which was definitely one of the slightly more uh, mm. random places. We've was that the time Israel. the Scotland lost to Kazakhstan? Indeed, yes, it's officially, no. officially <laughs> our worst result yeah. in Scottish football history. So, and I, so we stood there and, and was, you were the life. My, my mate perfectly summed up what it's like to go on a Scotland away trip. It's a fantastic few days holiday ruined by, the match. by <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So that's it. It's a great trip. It's great to see these different places. But the actual football itself. So yeah, that the Kazakhstan game, because we I flew from Copenhagen, they flew from the UK, we met there. But all in all, it was about uh, like a 6,000 mile trip. So that's what, when we went 2-0 down after 10 minutes, I just turned and said, well, at least we've not travelled yeah. 6,000 miles. <laughs> at least we'll be home by dinner. And, and the worst, I mean, that was a truly fantastic trip. It was, it was brilliant because it was a away double header. But the kind of the worst thing after the Kazakhstan game, not only have we just seen the worst, 3-0 worst result in Scottish football history, then we had to travel to San Marino, mm. which is an absolute lose-lose yeah. situation, right? They're the worst team in world football. So it's impossible to kind of get motivated, like, oh, at least we might get a morale-boosting result. Yeah. There's, you're always going to win, but as it turned out, as we kind of expected, we grind out a not very morale-boosting 2-0 victory, <laughs> which happened to be then um, Alex McLeish, yeah. our manager at yeah. the time. That was his last game Three, in three points is three points. So, uh, <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah. <laughs> when you're a Scotland fan, you'll take what you can get, right? So have, have you got tickets to any of the games uh, here here now in June? Yeah, uh, so yeah. So one of the, the perks of sitting through the likes of the 3-0 loss to Kazakhstan means that I'm fortunate enough to have enough supporters points to, even with the reduced 
crowd uh, because they'll reduce capacity because of COVID. Uh, I have got tickets for all three games. So two weeks today at this point, I will either be on a glorious high after we have started our first campaign in 23 years with a victory against Croatia, or I will be drowning my sorrows with uh, and preparing to then face England on the Wednesday. So yeah, so I, I we've got tickets for the the two home games and the game mm-hmm. at Wembley. So how how do you actually see I, Scotland going in this tournament? Because uh, you know qualifying through the Nation League playoff is a little different. Or like, how do you actually rate their chances? Oh, 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 let me let me phrase the question differently because I read that Skybet are offering uh, odds at two hundred fifty to one yeah. for Scotland to win the Euro twenty twenty. <laughs> so, so how much money? How much money would you would you bet on I, them? Uh, I do. Uh, I won't. I do like the occasional flutter, but uh, I think if I was betting that, it would be with very much with the heart <laughs> rather than the uh, head. That's for sure. <laughs> you, you can also get one hundred and fifty to one on Shea Adams being top goal scorer. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you get, you'll never, you'll get the accumulator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. That sounds fair. <laughs> so, uh, how realistically? I mean, so Scotland, we, as I say, twenty-three years since we've qualified for a major tournament, and we've never made out of the group stages. Even like long before my uh, Scotland supporting days, when we had the great teams mm. of the seventies and eighties, your Dalglishes, your Sunessies, etc., we've still never made out of a group stage. So, of course, if we can get out of the group stage, uh, they'll kind of be Scottish legends. And the, the old expression, it's the, it's the hope that yeah. will kill you, right? I think that's <laughs> Being a Scotland fan, you always need a little bit of hope or you wouldn't continue at it. So, I, I think if you look at the teams, taking the teams just at the surface, then no, we shouldn't be getting through the group, right? We're playing, obviously, uh, Czechs, who've got a good side, Croatia, who were World Cup finalists, England, who, of course, are, are England, uh, on paper, of course, a substantially better yeah. squad. But kind of combination, playing two games at, at home, even without a capacity. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, probably you guys realise I'm, I'm like a bad passionate Scottish fan and the actual excitement now building is just it has been I have literally waited I was 17 years old when we played at France 98 so I have literally waited my entire adult life to see Scotland play at a major tournament and it doesn't get much better than playing the old enemy right England in that tournament at Wembley exactly everything so it's, I've, I've got goosebumps just like thinking about it just now so just carry exactly two weeks. So, so yes, it's one of those. Uh, on if England play to their uh, capabilities, then of course they should be beating us. They have some phenomenal world class players, right? But on that one day, you just never know. So, I am quietly confident without being overly optimistic. Yeah, Alan, I promise. If, if Scotland beat England, we'll get you on for a for a reaction pod just to. <laughs> Over the lifetime. <laughs> oh, we'd uh, we'd absolutely love that. Yeah. Yeah. Also, just like send in a voice recording, just like after the match. That. Be... <laughs> <laughs> I think it will be, uh, be a few days till my voice comes back. We had the. Um, well, I think one of the, the questions you said about one of the like when you think of the happiest moments of. Um, 
and talking about because that's where England comes into it as well. That both one of the happiest and the most frustrating moments all happened mm-hmm. in five minutes when we played England the qualifiers a few years ago. Uh, we were at home. We were one 0 down with six minutes to go, and then Lee Griffiths scored two free kicks in the last five minutes. So, and I don't know if you've ever seen it, but if you just yeah. watch the the highlights, the stadium. The scenes were just unbelievable. Gary Neville, when he was commenting, I said that the only crowd he'd ever compared to was Aguero when they won Man City, they won the Premiership. So the atmosphere was absolutely phenomenal. And yeah, my throat, my voice was gone. And of course, then England yeah. equalised in the ninth minute. In five minutes, minute spell. So the highs and lows of Scotland perfectly summed up in in five minutes. So yes, we will. Uh, for the English- England game, it is, yeah, I just, I really can't wait and delighted that, although of course it would have been so much better if we're with a full crowd, but delighted we'll at least have a few thousand there. And we're actually going to have more because of the size of Wembley, we'll actually have more Scots in Wembley for the England game than we will for the home Czech and Croatia games. That's mad. We have one final question that we've been asking everyone and it's, uh, who would you like to go for a beer with from, from the Scotland team? Past and present, if you if you're able to. Oh, past and present. So that's uh, so my. If it's of all time, then definitely my my. Funny enough, not just because I've got this top on, but he's the man on the back. My two favourite Scotland players of all time are James McFadden because of what he's done, and mm-hmm. although we didn't qualify, the goals he scored and what he gave in the last yeah. twenty years. But I was fortunate enough, actually, when we were in Kazakhstan, I met him at the airport on the way back. And because we'd gone all the way to Kazakhstan and they'd lost 3 now, he was happy to talk for as long as we wanted. <laughs> I feel like they had, like they had a, a duty of care to just be nice to us. Yeah. So actually, I met, yeah. Scott, I met Scott McTominay as well, and he was the same. Uh, but my other all-time favourite uh, Scotland player is Ali McCoyst. And, um, mm. and yeah. from, the, from the 90s, and I think if it was to choose to anybody to go for a beer simply because yeah, you can tell I like to tell a story. I think nowhere near Ali's levels. He can uh, he can tell some great stories. So I would yeah, I'm so disappointed like, he's not on the commentary team for the for the Euros. Yeah I don't I didn't know that it's strange because he usually is always on him and um, it's him and it was a right? no. champion. Champion that's it yeah yeah because they have no, John play, Champion uh, yeah exactly I didn't realize they had he, like a very brilliant like during the Russian World Cup, like a, a duo thing of like talking about all the history of the city yeah, and like ask Ali, oh, what, what, where have you been up to today? Of like, oh, I've been visiting an old communist, uh, <laughs> communist, uh, like uh, building or something. This while I'm talking about the commentary of Nigeria, it was it was brilliant. It was just great as well that they just went off on such random tangents that you would think if somebody explained <laughs> that two commentators are going to do, you would be annoyed, right? Talk about the football, but it just worked perfectly. But I yeah. didn't realise he wasn't doing the, uh, no. the commentary. But yes. No, Dude, no, no. Um, Ali is All right. very much the man to go for a pint with. The man. Yeah. All right, Alan, yeah. thank you so much for, for joining us today. It's been, a, it's been been a pleasure. Hopefully we could talk again soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah this was incredible. If, uh, hopefully we're, uh, the other is saying about just the, uh, the confidence. The only other thing as well is the fact that that third place team, what is it, the fourth best third place that's what we're uh, that could be our way out of the group so as I say if we if we scrape through yeah. with one one of these teams that 
get only one victory and somehow scrape through on three points, we'll, we'll take that as well. No. We'll, <laughs> by hook or by crook. Exactly. We'll do what we we'll take what we can. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. More than happy to talk Scotland all day. So our next guest to talk about the Czech Republic is uh, Tom Danacek. Uh, Tom, I hope I pronounced that okay. Yeah, that's actually one of the best pronunciations. Thanks for that. Kudos, Alex. <laughs> okay. Kudos. Oh, okay, well, that's 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 a good that's good to hear. So, for the Czech Republic, they're in a group with Scotland, Croatia, and England. And you know, just to get the ball going, like, what do you see as uh, Czech Republic's chances of getting out of the group or going far in this tournament? Well, you know what, we definitely have to aim to progress, but at the same time, we hate facing UK sides uh, on their own soil, especially. Uh, we haven't beaten England at, uh, at their home yet. We have only beaten Scotland once there in 1999. So everything is is kind of a, a blurry in this way. And, and we have lost to them recently as well, just as to Wales and Northern Ireland. So that kind of fills me with pessimism on the other side croatia is not what they were uh two years ago or three years ago at the world cup so maybe they are there for the taking hopefully Mm -hmm. and who is who are some of the like key players that people might not be so aware of like obviously people know of thomas dushek with west ham and kufal as well but who else are kind of going to be if if Czech Republic are going to be successful and get out of this group who are they going to be kind of relying upon definitely look out for uh, the Yankto and, and Schick connection up front uh, one of them is a left winger uh, sometimes playing centrally in Italy and Patrick Schick is, is now playing for Leverkusen in, in Germany and he's, our, he's one of the most complete strikers we've had at least since the color days and uh, basically, uh, they've been they've been together ever since under 21s. Uh, so they they have some chemistry going. And if we are to score from open play, uh, it's almost certain one of them will be involved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just to just to rewind a bit, because we talked about it earlier. You said that the matches against Scotland and England are going to be particularly challenging. And then, especially with Scotland, there's this extra contentious issue now at hand um, with the incident uh, that happened in the Rangers uh, match. Um, what what was kind of the public reception that, that was? Uh, how was it covered in, in in the Czech Republic? Do you know? Um, yeah, most most of the public has uh, somehow stood behind behind Kudela. Uh, they, I mean, he he's always been portrayed as a likable guy, so most people just couldn't imagine he would be um, he would be even you know <laughs> capable of doing such thing. Um, at the same time, Slavia uh, the club uh, probably took some pressure off because they they didn't handle the situation very well uh, from the PR standpoint and. Uh, then they took the photos, over-the-top photos, with uh, all, all his black teammates uh, following a domestic triumph now. So uh, they, they, they are kind of trying to put a spin on it, and obviously it's still an open issue. Uh, but yeah, mostly people kind of sided with Kudela, or at least were in some kind of disbelief. Um, but it's been definitely talked about, and uh, you know, even trying to point out that uh, Kamara has, a, has past issues, and uh, that kind of stuff. It's it's been quite a ugly the, the reception, I would say. And do you think it's affecting the team as a whole, or is everyone professional <laughs> enough to um, keep their minds focused on on the tournament and the matches? 
Well, his his profile as a centre back is actually quite unique for our standards because he's a ball playing centre back. He carries the ball. He can pass it on long distance, and we don't really have any other centre backs like uh, centre back like that. So even though he's well into his thirties and it's definitely his last tournament, or it was it was going to be, um, yeah, we very much relied on him, and and he would be a, an important part. Uh, but at the same time, I feel this team and even the past Czech teams, they always thrived on adversity. So I could actually, I would actually bet uh, on them even rallying around and kind of win it for Kudela, which is, which is uh, kind of what uh, Slavia did in, in that first leg uh, against Arsenal as well. And they were quite, quite okay. And uh, also the slogan, uh, let's win it for Kudela was, was uh, yeah, predominant. Okay, yeah. and you talked about the the past um, Czech teams, and there have been in, in, in insanely lineups uh, that the Czechs have throughout the football history. Um, do you can you think of any a particular match that you watched that uh, is very dear to your heart still? Oh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm I think I'm not going to be the only person Czech or otherwise to highlight the the game against Netherlands at, at Euro 2004, which is still, I think, among the most brilliant comebacks in, in the whole tournament history. And it's not just that it was a turnaround from nil two to three two. It's also the nature of the goals that, uh, especially the, the the one where Poborski passed it, the commentator actually is famous for, for his commentary where he said, uh, you need to shoot that. And then he and now, now he's immortalized with you know a fairly bad suggestion because <laughs> even better solution. It was just that that was just a very good memory. Obviously, the tournament didn't end well for us, but yeah, very very fondly remember. Where where did you watch that match? You know what? I, I think I was just at home in a, in a living room. I, sadly, I don't have a very good story to surround that. I remember I watched the Euro 2000 final in in a cafe in Italy somewhere, and France, which was kind of awkward because obviously uh, they faced Italy in the final. Uh, that's not non-Czech related. No, so any plans for for the matches? Do you even have tickets for or what's? Where, where are you going to watch the, the matches for this tournament? Uh, yeah, I, do, I don't have tickets. I, I haven't been lucky to, to follow the team as a journalist or, or otherwise, um, especially the volatile, volatile nature of this tournament, I guess, makes it even even less predictable. And so in COVID, I, I didn't even bother to, to buy any tickets. Uh, hopefully, hopefully the tournament won't suffer in atmosphere because, you know, there's not one or, or a couple of host cities in, a, in one country. So... I I hope it's not gonna sort of you know be without that that tournament that was atmosphere that we are used to. What would be considered a good tournament for the Czech Republic? Like, do you, is is it kind of talked about in the media there that they should be targeting maybe like a quarterfinal or something like this, or is it just limited to try and get out of the group or like what like how what are the expectations around this this Czech team? Yeah, I think definitely with with the expansion format now uh, when even the third place uh, team can can look uh, I mean can be hopeful of, of getting getting out of the group I, I think we need to aim for that uh, especially with I guess Scotland would be considered one of the weakest uh, participants at the tournament so 
if they are uh, on zero points, uh, then we would be actually well positioned to even take that uh, third place and, and book the ticket in the in the next round. And but generally, you know, a, a tournament without a, knock, a knockout stage is a disappointment for us, regardless of how strong yeah. team we have, because we've made a seven straight euro now, which. Yeah, I was reading that. It's quite an impressive yeah. record. To, you know. <laughs> I think only like four countries and all of them would be considered giants uh, can match that. So, yeah. yeah. No, in Ireland, we can only dream about a record as consistent as that. I would take <laughs> every seventh Euros. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that would be good. I have, we have one final question that we've been asking everyone, and it's... Um, if you could go for a, a coffee or a beer with a Czech player, past or present, who would it be? Who would it be and why? Well, first of all, being Czech, it, it must be beer, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than coffee. Yeah. <laughs> but it, yeah, the, the squad is kind of full of hum, humble players, actually. So not really big personalities. And even Sochik and Sofal, they, they are famous for being hardworking and, and not really hyped in their teens. So that makes it kind of hard. But I... Uh, that said, there's still Alex Kral, who's who's reportedly on his way to West Ham. So you guys mm-hmm. will be watching him quite soon. And uh, he was actually he when he when he chose to go to to Spartak uh, in Russia. Plenty of people were like, "Why, why not a top five league? Uh, he's just going there for money." And he had a very fun explanation when he said um, that uh, he's actually into Russian rap. Into Russian music and so he's keen on Russian language and he's looking forward to, to learn that language and then when he made a introductory video uh, for Spartak fans he actually he rapped sorry did, did he rap <laughs> no I mean that would be actually even funnier but he, he, he said a line in Russian that nobody understood and then when uh, Czech journalists uh, asked what it was he said Everything is curly, which he's famous for those fluffy big hair that um, Luis has. If you look him up, Alex Kral, he's, uh, he has these massive hair. So basically, it was just in relation to, to his hair. He said everything is curly. <laughs> everything um, is curly. What's a <laughs> brilliant <yeah>. catchphrase. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so no, he's, he's, he's very his, fun his hair very... is even more luscious than David Luiz. It's like full, like, collagen yeah, exactly. You know, Colocini is actually even <laughs> even a better. But I remember when when Slavia played in Champions League with, with him as well. Uh, he was he was being called David Luiz uh, for yeah for obvious reasons. Uh, I just want to I just thank you so much for for joining us and yeah, giving us a bit of an insight into the into the Czech team. I hope they can uh, do redo some of the the great Czech teams of the past. It's a big legacy to live up to. Oh, thank you very much. That's, that's very kind. <laughs> and, I, and I'm hoping for those seven straight uh, tournaments for, for Ireland as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll take it over. This, this, sorry, I hate to break it to you. So this is the last one that Czech Republic qualifies for, and then the next seven is all Ireland. <laughs> cool. Cool. See how this one goes. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much. Have, have a good right. one. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so much, well. man. Thanks it was a blast. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Social Podcast Network.